Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, it's Damian Barling reminding you to check out the Sacramento Kings podcast right here on the Hoopball Podcast Network for all of your Sacramento Kings news and notes you can follow me on twitter at damian barling and you can follow us at hoop ball kings don't miss a single episode of the sacramento kings podcast right here on the hoop ball podcast network the following is a hoop ball presentation Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Hoop Ball Lakers podcast. Now, I know we've been saying it, but this time we mean it. The Lakers are officially back. No checking into the bubble where all we have to go on are the tweets and Instagram posts players are making. No more needing to check in on JaVale's daily vlog on YouTube, although I probably still will be checking it daily because it's hilarious. No more warm-up games that don't count where LeBron and AD are only playing a few minutes and weird things happen like AD gets poked in the eye. No. Now, there are real games. They're called seeding games, and although for this Lakers team the number one seed likely isn't in jeopardy, these games still matter for something, and that means they're officially back. The NBA is officially back. I'm your host for this episode, JC DeLeon. You can find me on Twitter at JCDeLeon1. Uh, Ethan has taken this episode off, uh, but we will be back on Sunday probably to record an episode uh, that we'll post on Monday so you can have some things to look forward to for the week. Um, but with that being said, let's get going. Uh, we didn't necessarily want to do another preview pod before tonight's matchup with the Clippers. We've done previews and injury updates. We wanted to wait until there was some actual gameplay to dissect, and man, do we have it. The Lakers came up with a great win where LeBron had the deciding basket off of a rebound off his own miss, and the tension was there. Playoff intensity was there. Sloppy basketball play after a four-month layoff was there from both teams. Man, was that there. Uh, but you can bet your bottom dollar that I'll go through this box score with a fine-tooth comb for today's episode as well as, let you know what, as well as letting you know what you could look forward to for the weekend uh, and the next game versus the Raptors on Saturday. There's no days off for this squad, even in the bubble. Speaking of your bottom dollar, games being back also means mybookie.ag is back. Say it with me now. Sports are back, baby. I've been waiting for this day since March, and now that it's here, I've only got one thing on my mind. My bookie. My bookie's a home run, slam dunk, triple overtime, game-winning shot, all wrapped up into one. I love it, you love it, and that should be all you need to hear in order to start betting today. My bookie has up to the minute odds on all your favorite teams, and with the start of the NBA bubble season here... There's never been a better time to start playing. Uh, with my bookie, it's easy to win. It's easy. You bet, you win, they pay. Feeling good about your MLB team's chances this year with only 60 games to play? Be sure to check out my bookie's World Series future bets. Nothing shows you believe in your squad like betting on them before the season's even begun. But why stop with baseball? 
Smart bettors are always looking towards the future, and in this case, that means basketball, hockey, and football. My bookie is already accepting bets on all your favorite NBA, NHL, and NFL games. There's never been a better time to start exploring the world of online sports betting. Join today, and my bookie will match your deposit 100%. Plus, they'll toss you a free $10 MLB future wager. All you got to do is enter promo code HOOPBALL, it's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, when signing up. Remember, at my bookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, they pay. Now, let's go over this box score. Now, this game was going to be a weird game because the Clippers weren't going to be at full strength. Uh, they weren't going to have Lou Williams, who is still in quarantine after um, being after having to leave the bubble for a personal emergency and maybe some questionable social media activities. Uh, Montrez Harrell also had a family emergency, and he is in quarantine, so he wasn't available for this game. And those are two of the more important players for the Clippers. And so off the bat, you knew that what you were going to learn from this game ultimately was not going to count very much towards the future. I think what was going to be the important thing coming into this game is that the offense can play with a rhythm, that the second unit can function without LeBron on the court. So those are two of the most important things, most consistent issues the Lakers have had this season. Now, those two things did happen to rear their ugly heads, in addition to a rusty rusty third quarter after the halftime. Terrible third quarter to start. Um, but there were some bright spots. Now, among those bright spots, uh, we're going to talk about Dion Waiters. So Dion Waiters tonight played 21 minutes, scored 11 points, uh, shot 5 for 10. Now, in my opinion, most of those 10 shots were really good shots. He drove the ball really well. He shot with confidence. Two, one, one shot for sure was a bad shot, but even in retrospect and looking at the one possession in which it for sure looked like a bad shot, there was no flow to the offense. Everybody was standing around watching him dribble. He kind of almost had no choice, and he was guarded very well. Another bad shot. I feel like the offense was still in the middle of getting a, a set going, and LeBron had passed it to him, and he immediately caught and shot, which is what he does and what he does well, and he was doing well tonight. In that particular instance, I felt like they should have explored a better shot on that possession. Luckily, uh, Anthony Davis rebounded it and passed it to Kuzma, and Kuzma hit the shot. We can take this opportunity to move to Kyle Kuzma. So Kyle Kuzma played 31 minutes, had a wonderful game overall. Now Kyle Kuzma in the warm-up games has been shooting the ball really well. We know that before the season shut down, he was rebounding the ball the ball really well. He was really settling into his role as kind of a jack-of-all-trades for the second unit, which I know is not really his skill set. He's an extremely skilled player, very agile. He's a good shooter. I can't imagine that that role is where, really where he's most comfortable with. But I, it seems as though he's really making an effort to settle into that role. And tonight, played really well. Uh, he still had a couple of instances where he passes the ball, and all he's going to do is dribble for a really long time before he ends up taking a bad shot. Now, tonight, he did that, but a couple of those times, it actually ended up with a couple of really nice passes. Caruso made a nice cut for a layup, and Kuzma found him. Uh, Anthony Davis... 
got himself open cross court, and Kuzma made that a beautiful cross court pass for an Anthony Davis three. Those types of things weren't really happening with Kuzma at the beginning of the season, so to see him make that kind of progress was really spectacular. And so tonight, 31 minutes, he had 16 points, shot four for eight, grabbed seven rebounds, made made those two assists that I mentioned to Caruso and to Anthony Davis. Only one turnover, which is huge, because tonight as a team, the Lakers had 16 turnovers. LeBron had five of them. Uh, now he's got the ball the most, so that's understandable. But yeah, for as much as Kyle Kuzma did hold the ball and dribble for it to have only one turnover, really spectacular. Um, he also had a steal. No, he had a block. Um, Caruso, we've talked time and time again about Alex Caruso and his value to this team. Now, he doesn't start, nor, nor should he really. But his presence is immeasurable. And, it, and I say immeasurable because it literally is immeasurable. The things that Caruso does cannot be found on a stat sheet. For example, in Caruso's stat line, there is one steal. How did he get that one steal? Well, there was a tense possession. Caruso made a deflection. And in that deflection, he caught it on his way out of bounds. Out of bounds is important. One of the things I've mentioned on a previous episode is how much I love this arena redesign. The NBA will never go for it because I know that the NBA loves that ultra-rich fans can sit literally inches away from players and courtside seats are a luxury that really no other sport can provide to, to get you that close to the professional athlete. But, man, and I'm not saying fans don't need to be at NBA games, but to look at this redesign, players have so much space on the sidelines and on the baseline, I've seen some really aggressive layups to to the basket where really kind of wanton disregard for, for their own bodies because they know that there's a huge amount of space on the baseline where they're not going to hurt themselves. There's no photographer standing there. There's no fans. There's no teams. So back to this one steal that Caruso had in his stat line. It's a deflection. He jumps out of bounds to save it, out of bounds right where a bunch of photographers would have been. He would not have been able to save that if those photographers had been there. Uh, that deflection was was in the fourth quarter, really important moment of the game. Now, Caruso did put up some other stats. He did have finished with seven points, shot two for seven, three rebounds, four rebounds, two assists, that steal that I mentioned. No turnovers for Caruso, but he didn't really handle the ball very much. But yeah, Caruso had a number of different plays. Uh, a couple of different times he was being posted up on. Now, he's a smaller guy than most, in the NBA at least. I don't think anybody really dared to put up a shot on Caruso. His 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 defense was really tenacious, especially on Kawhi. One, one sequence in particular, Kawhi put up a fake. Caruso didn't bite. Caru- uh, Kawhi had to pass, and it led to a shot clock violation. Really great defense, something that's not going to show up at all on a stat sheet other than a turnover for Kawhi or whoever it was that had the ball because Kawhi passed it. So, yeah, Caruso, to look at his stat line, two for seven, four rebounds, two assists, one steal, plus minus of nine. Like, what did he really do? He did a lot. 
He did a lot of really important things that can really only be described to you. And you can really only know if you see it. Because you can't... I'm sure even my description of that one steal is probably way too dramatic. But, I mean, it's exactly how it happened in, in his his in his presence is, is, is immeasurable. Like I said, it, it can't be measured in any step because he just... He just helps. Well, the Lakers didn't get any help tonight, and it it wasn't necessarily his fault, but given some of the negative publicity to how he's been behaving in the bubble, I really would have liked to have seen a better game out of Dwight Howard. Now, it wasn't really his fault tonight. The This game was a very strange game with the whistles. A lot of whistles. Even Anthony Davis shot 17 free throws. He put up the same number of field goal attempts as LeBron. LeBron only put up two field goal, put two free throws. We'll get we'll get to their stat lines in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, Dwight Howard with five fouls finished with in twelve minutes, one point. He got three rebounds, two assists, uh, one steal. He did have a really good sequence in which he got an offensive rebound and uh, passed it to a cutting LeBron and. I even tweeted that the two of them have been playing really well together. And it was just that one sequence. But, yeah, how how unfair would it have been five, six years ago to have Dwight Howard and LeBron James on the same team? And they're on the same team now. And, yeah, Dwight isn't the same Dwight that he was five, six years ago. But, I mean, still, he's when he's on, obviously wasn't on tonight, he's definitely impactful. Uh, one of the things I look at in... And for all intents and purposes, we can kind of call these playoff games because I think the intensity is there. I think the these being called seeding games, there's there's a level of importance to these games that that's that's more than the regular season. Even though for the Lakers, it's pretty much kind of locked up. I like to look at things that aren't replicable. So we've also talked a lot about KCP now. KCP was inserted into the starting lineup since Avery Bradley left. He played 29 minutes tonight. I don't recall him making a lot of impactful plays on defense, and his stat line tonight sure does leave a lot to be desired. Uh, Six points, shot two for eight, missed all three of his three-point attempts. Got a rebound, got two assists, got a steal, turned the ball over once. Not a bad game for KCP. Just considering the way he'd been shooting the ball lately, you'd like to see a little bit more out of him. Uh, Same for Danny Green. Danny Green started the game out really well. Second possession of the game. Hit a three. Looked like he was on his way to having a pretty good night. Uh, He finished with six points. Shot two for six. uh, Only shot three-pointers. So two for six for the night from three was, was his night. Had a rebound. Uh, four turnovers, definitely not ideal. Uh, but he he did have a defensive assignment of guarding either somehow either guarding uh, Paul George or Kawhi Leonard throughout a lot of the night, and so you're not really looking for him to have much of an impact on offense. You're looking for him to make a couple of shots, and he shot two for six, and that's not terrible. You'd like to see a little bit more, maybe. Uh, we can move up to Javale. JaVale, I've always said, JaVale, is, he's, he's going to be your starting center. He's not going to play crunch time minutes. 
and he seems to be okay with that. I've always maintained that I feel like his importance to this team is that he sets the tone. And he scored the first bucket of the game. I believe it was with an offensive rebound. I could be wrong about that. I have to go back and check the tweets, but that would take too long. Uh, <laughs> um, but he finished with six points, made three field goals, uh, grabbed seven rebounds, uh, got two steals, didn't get any blocks, but that's okay. But, like I said, set the tone early. And I mentioned that that terrible third quarter. It was really hard for him to get going, and I think to find a rhythm in that third quarter. And I think that's part of why they struggled so much in that third is because, I'm not saying JaVale has to get going, but I feel like JaVale's got to make some type of an impact on offense in order for this team to, like, rocket off the ground. The final player before we get to the, the final two players we, we we I could talk about before we get to the, the big two of LeBron and AD. People were looking forward to seeing what kind of contributions there'd be from J.R. Smith and Markeith Morris. Markeith Morris, understandably, contributed almost nothing. He played three minutes, was minus one in the column, and then in those three minutes, zeros all across the board. No rebounds, no steals, no assists. I don't think he played bad. I just don't think. And he was really in a, in, in a position to, to do much. Same for J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith played with a, the four-minute mark in the first quarter, and I think there was a little bit more of an opportunity for him to make an impact, uh, but he just didn't. And I think it'll come. He, he shot a shot. He missed it. Didn't get any rebounds, didn't get any assists, so a big zero on the board for J.R. Smith. So, LeBron and AD. How did they do? We'll get to LeBron last. Player of the game tonight, obviously, is Anthony Davis. Finished with 34 points. Shot 8 for 19. Not ideal. Sub 40% or sub 50%. Uh, 2 for 5 from 3. Those two threes did come in a very clutch moment. <clears throat> I think if I think if, if he's going to go 2 for 2 for 5... Two for six from three. I don't think he's ever going to be a 40, 50% shooter consistently. I think what you're looking for, Anthony Davis, is for him to make two threes a night. No matter how many he shoots. Obviously, if he shoots like 20, that's way too many. But I think if if, if you can count on him for two, maybe three, three-point makes a night, this team is going and he does that. Whenever he does that, that means this team is gelling really well. He shot 16 for 17 from free throws. He was very aggressive with his mid-range and on his post-ups. He was really smart with how he he got the other team to foul him. He drew some charges. Uh, All around, really good, efficient game uh, and getting himself to the free throw line. Finished with eight rebounds, four assists. Turned the ball over four times. Most of that is kind of due to good defense from Kawhi, Joe Kim Noah. Finished with four fouls. No steals, no blocks. LeBron, this is, this is where stat lines do get interesting sometimes. So so Anthony Davis shot 8 for 19, finished with 34 points. LeBron James, 6 for 19, finished with 16 points. Uh, Double-digit streak still uh, continuing. <laughs> uh, I had a question tonight whether or not these games contribute to regular season totals. 
And at one point in the broadcast, Kevin Harlan mentioned that as far as number of career games, LeBron was going to pass uh, Kobe Bryant tonight in number of career games. And so clearly these games do count towards regular season career totals. If you're one of these people who think who's keeping an eye on LeBron chasing Kareem like I am. Uh, shot two free throws, made both free throws, grabbed 11 rebounds. Now, earlier in the season, I think I have talked about how for this team to function, I don't necessarily think that LeBron grabbing so many rebounds is really where you want this team to be. I think if you want this team to play fast, you want your bigs to be getting rebounds, and you want them to outlet to LeBron, and you just want this thing to go. And, and this was a strange game for LeBron. Zero points in the first quarter. Six points in the first half. Up until the start of the fourth quarter, I believe, he only had nine points from three buckets. Hadn't made any free throws at that point. People even wondered if that double-digit streak was going to come to an end because at one point the Lakers did sort of seem to have things under control and LeBron hadn't had double digits yet. and So it seemed like that might be a possibility. But the game got tighter, and LeBron did what he does, made made some great passes, found coups on a couple of really good threes. Ultimately, he had the game-winning shot with, I believe, 12 seconds left after PG had tied it. LeBron was in a drive. He missed it short. Rebound came right back to him. He immediately jumped in the air, put it back up, layup, layup, lead, ended up being the go-ahead basket. So, to look at the plus-minus, a couple of players did stand out. Biggest plus-minus of the night, Dion Waiters. Now, when Dion was in the game, despite those two bad shots that I mentioned, yeah, there was clearly an impact that he was having on the second unit. There was one possession in particular where Caruso was trying to run the offense and, and Dion was waiting on the side. Caruso ends up passing it to Kuzma. Kuzma does his really long dribble thing. That ended up being the position in which Caruso, the possession in which Caruso did make the cut and Kuzma found him. But that is that is also where I made the tweet that Dion really needs to run this offense. Now, Dion was playing really well driving to the basket. He can do that still running the offense. Players can move around. There can be rhythm and flow. There really wasn't in the third quarter. The offense seemed to flow the best as far as from other players when they weren't going through AD and when Dion was running the offense. And so him being him being the biggest plus minus at plus 17, really not that surprising. Crusoe was a plus 9, not that surprising. Kuzma, plus 12, not that surprising. KCP, plus 6, and yeah, he... He must have been having an impact. It's not anything that I noticed. Granted, I wasn't really paying attention to it the way I was paying attention to Caruso and the way people love love you know AC Fresh and 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 the things that he does on the court. So yeah, granted that's on me. I didn't didn't pay attention enough to, to KCP in 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 his overall contributions. Biggest minus, and we talked about it. Now, Danny Green. Did kind of have other other focuses throughout the game. He was guarding PG a lot. PG was scoring a lot. 
We're not going to go through the entire Clipper box score, but Paul George did have 30 points, shot 11 for 17, made six threes. Uh, he did a lot of that damage, five rebounds, three assists, three steals. He did a lot of that damage on Danny Green. Paul George played great tonight. It's one of the things that worries me about facing this team in the playoffs is is how great Kawhi and Paul George are going to play together because the two of them are obviously amazing. Kawhi, 7 for 16, 28 points, 3 rebounds, 4 assists for Kawhi. Kawhi doesn't usually get a lot of assists. He shot a lot of free throws. He is playing really smart. He is playing really aggressive. Makes sense. So Danny Green at minus 17 sort of makes sense. Whenever he was in the game, he just he just didn't bring a lot to the table offensively. Even he wasn't even really finding himself open that many times, only taking six shots throughout the night. He's not somebody who creates his own shot. If he gets a lot of shots, it's because he's creating opportunities for himself to be open in which somebody can pass the ball to him. And he just didn't do that tonight. But it wasn't his focus. So when you look at the grand scheme of things, J.R. Smith was a minus seven. He wasn't really in a position to make much of an impact. I think that'll come later. And so I don't necessarily think that minus seven is really on him. Uh, JaVale being a minus seven, that's probably mostly due to the third quarter. That's how bad the third quarter was. Because I, I, if I had to guess in the first half, he was a positive, positive uh, plus minus. So, so LeBron and AD... Minus four, minus three for LeBron and AD. Really not too bad. Overall, what do we know? Or what can we focus on going forward? We can focus on the fact that we we got the consistent things that we were looking for. We got a great game from AD. We got clutch baskets from LeBron. Uh, We got a great start from JaVale. He set the tone. We got great defensive impact from Caruso. Those are four things that happened nearly nightly. What was becoming more of a consistency is Kyle Kuzma playing better defense and rebounding. And that was definitely the case tonight. Number of times played great defense on Kawhi. Played great defense on Paul George. So Kuzma being a second defensive spark is something that I think this team can really anchor towards. Or, you know, anchor down. And if they could do that, yeah, I think this team will go far. And uh, Dion Waiters is sort of the new wrinkle. Dion can, and he can light it up. Now, granted, there will probably, probably be a game in which he'll swing, a, he can swing a game the other way. But from what it seems, I, I don't think this is, I don't, I don't think a team with this kind of veteran leadership would, would really let Dion slide like that. I think I think if he were to start to play like that, I think it would be pretty apparent, and I feel like Frank Vogel would, would uh, pull the cord on that pretty quickly. Final two guys in the rotation that didn't get any playing time at all, and it's probably going to be the case from now on, Quinn Cook, Jared Dudley. Those are, those are two guys that command a lot of respect from this team. And so, yeah, I don't, I'm not really looking for them to make a huge impact night in, night out. But I feel like with this first win, this team can relax a little bit. Speaking of relaxing, I think one of the best ways 
uh, a man can relax is to sort of uh, make it a, a great environment for, you know, for those that he loves. Uh, one of the ways in which a man can do that is with Manscaped. Uh, Manscaped, it's the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped has redesigned their electron, their electric trimmer, uh, the Lawnmower 3.0, new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to produce manscaping accidents. Thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology, those accidents will be far and few between. When I tell you this is premium, it is absolutely premium. The battery the battery will last up to 90 minutes. Hopefully you don't take that long to have to manscape, but if you do, you've got that time. It's water resistant, so you can groom in the shower. Probably the best place to do that. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology, which sounds like it might cause... Some accidents, but again, thanks to that cutting-edge ceramic blade, don't have to worry about that. And let's not forget about the charging stand. You can show your lawnmower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now and I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself, you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the hoop, with the code HOOPBALL20, that's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0, at manscaped.com. So after they after this team relaxes, uh, they've, got a, they've got a game to look forward to versus the defending champion Raptors. I haven't personally seen how well the Raptors have been playing uh, up in their warm-up games. Uh, I saw one highlight from a game in which uh, Devin Booker dunked on Pascal Siakam. I don't really know how. And, and that was a game in which the Raptors lost. lost. Uh, but in that particular game, I feel like Pascal Siakam has been pretty pretty consistent. And yeah, he had a great game that game, 17 points. Fred, Vla- Fred Van Vliet, I think, is going to be one of your more consistent Raptors. And his defensive impact... Although against this Laker team, I feel like he's a pretty good matchup. Same for Kyle Lowry. Uh, Marcus Gasol, he's getting up there in age. Uh, I don't feel like... The Raptors are a really great team, really great offensively. I don't feel like they match up well with this Laker team. And so I feel like the Lakers have a pretty good chance going in. I think what you're looking for is for LeBron to establish himself early because he didn't do it at all this game he didn't do it in the first quarter at all barely did it in the second quarter third quarter the team got off to a really bad start i don't think that was necessarily anything lebron could do about that bad start it was it was just bad overall bad vibes rust i don't know it was just one of those hopefully it's not a recurring theme for this team to to have really bad third quarters but it may be Probably not. So, against the Raptors, I'm looking forward to a really great game. Uh, I think it'll be a really great game because I think it'll be really fun. I feel I feel like the Lakers will come out of it with a win. I talked all that 3-8 and eight nonsense, but 
I do feel like, despite the difficulty of the Lakers' schedule, they should probably shoot for five wins, if not, you know, six. But again, it's not necessarily going to be their focus to win these games. I think a game like tonight, which is really tense, uh, which uh, you have a big lead, you lose a big lead, you go down a bunch, then you come back and win. I think to do that in after the restart is important. And so the Lakers have now done that. Luckily for this weekend, it's just the one game versus the Raptors. They play that on Saturday. Then they don't have a game again until Monday. And August 5th and 6th is going to be one of your difficult stretches and even really kind of the 8th. Although, yeah, there's really not much of a break until maybe August 10th. So, yeah, starting August 1st, actually, the Lakers do have a game every other day with the exception of the 5th and the 6th in which they have a back-to-back. Then again, they have the 8th, the 10th, and after the 10th is where they have a little bit of a layoff, and their next game, final game of the season would be the 13th. And so... You you wonder how much of how much of a, an impact arrest is going to be in this bubble situation because they're not driving home, they're being monitored. You know, you hope that they're going back to their room and relaxing, or if they're doing anything, they're doing some fishing, or hanging out in the the lounge areas, going to the barbershop, things like that. They're not doing anything that's going to impact them too negatively, so. You know, playing every other day might not be too much of an issue, although it's playing every other day almost for nearly two weeks straight. And so, yeah, you could start to see some sore legs, sore knees, things like that. That's what you want to look out for. But right now it seems as though everything is all fine. Alex Caruso did have a little bit of a back contusion. That seems to be fine, especially because he played really well tonight. And so... Things to look forward to to the weekend. I'd say take it one game at a time and really look forward just to this one game versus the Raptors. It's going to be on ESPN at 8.30 Eastern. So, yeah, that's what you want to look forward to. Great game tonight for the Lakers. Great win versus the Clippers. The battle for L.A. has another chapter. And whether or not you feel like it means anything because the Clippers weren't at full strength or not, it was still a great game. And I think there's still a lot to learn from it. And so with that, I'm going to sign off. You can find me again on Twitter at jcdeleon one uh, Ethan Noroff, you can find on Twitter at Ethan underscore Noroff. It's N-O-R-O-F. The Hootball Lakers account, you can follow on Twitter at, at Hootball Lakers. H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-L-A-K-E-R-S. So three L's there in the middle. Um, yeah, until next time, we out. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.